be seated. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, it is sweet when we can trust in you and experience that holy peace. But we have to admit that there are things within us that rob us of peace because we hesitate to trust you completely. You know what inner conflicts we experience, what struggles of the mind continue, what jealousies cause us unrest, the haphazard ways we invest our lives and resources to find fulfillment and success according to the world's standards. Oh, we want more. We need more. Can you give us peace? Can your spirit minister to our spirits? Can your love cause us to see others with love? Can your grace open us up to forgive others? Can seeking your kingdom really bring us fulfillment and all the desires of our hearts? We know you are able because you are the Prince of Peace, the light of the world, the bright and morning star. And so we ask, Lord, that you will come and mend our minds through our worship this day. As we become aware of conflicts eating at us within, give us insights that will lead to healing action. As we confess jealousies that make us unhappy, lead us to do those things that affirm others. As we admit a hostility that keeps us angry, Guide us by grace to speak words of forgiveness. As we determine to stop worrying about tomorrow, help us to learn to rely on your presence and your power today. We want our worship to make a difference in our living. We pray for more than good feelings about ourselves and our inner motives. We know we need more than just new thoughts. We sense that we need new actions, a new spirit, and new responses toward those individuals that trouble us, new, east, new ways to speak to those whom we distrust, new ways to care for others whom we ignore, new strategies to rely more on your promises, less on our bank accounts. Lord, speak to us your word of truth and hope and give us courage to really listen. We pray for all your children around the world. Especially we ask your help and intervention for the people of Ukraine who are struggling and dying to protect and defend their homeland. We pray for our church family, for those ill at home or in the hospital, for those who grieve the loss of one deeply, for those who wrestle with difficult decisions for those who are lonely, even though they are around others, for those who find it hard to believe and to trust. Guide us in ministering to each other, keeping us aware of one another's pain. Help us to listen when others speak. Lead us to respond with gentle care. Help us to stop worrying and start investing our lives in your kingdom and its radical love and holy healing hope. We pray these and all of our prayers through the Christ who suffered and died and lives in us, for us, through us. And following our Lord's invitation, we are bold to call you Father 
as we pray together saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Here now as our choir sings for us an affirmation of faith for us all. Great is the Lord. Thank you for that gift of music. Great is our Lord indeed. And I invite you now to turn your hearts as we listen to these words of good news from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from the uh, Gospel of Matthew chapter 6 as we continue our, uh, our study on the Sermon on the Mount. Hear these words. 
Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things." But strive first for the kingdom of, his, of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of God for all of God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us continue by responding to the word in song. join me in a spirit of prayer. O oh God, for the gift of these ancient words which have been preserved for us today, we give you thanks. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirits for the message you would have for us. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Fear not. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. There is no other theme throughout Scripture that is referenced more than fear or 
more precisely, living without fear. Scripture refers to living without fear over 500 times. Seems like God might be trying to say something to us. This Lenten season, we have been exploring the greatest sermon ever written, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. The sermon where Jesus teaches the disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer. The sermon where the Beatitudes are described. The sermon which points to the responsibilities of the disciple in order to experience God's kingdom. Scholar Amy Jill Levine describes the Sermon on the Mount as a compilation of Jesus' greatest hits, stating that the author of the gospel likely strung together these teachings and presented them as one sermon. She says that otherwise, sitting and listening to all of these instructions contained within the Sermon on the Mount at one time would have blown the minds of the disciples. After all, our human brains can only process so much. Each week throughout this Lenten season, we've taken a closer look at this rich and dense sermon. We've explored the Beatitudes, the extensions, and what it means to practice our piety. This week, we center our attention on fear, worry, anxiety, this theme which is addressed throughout Scripture over 500 times. Seems like we ought to pay attention. My dog, Benzie, is an anxious dog. We knew it even before we met him. His previous family had made us aware of it, and so we knew what we were getting into when we met him. When left alone, he worries, he paces, he pants, he barks, and he cries. When he was younger, he would chew furniture and door frames and escape out of his dog crate. Benzie does not like to be left alone. He is an anxious dog. Time, training, and the maturing process has helped him manage better. And thank goodness, because the poor dog must have been miserable. Anxiety is no laughing matter. It can be crippling for some. Chronic anxiety can impact all areas of life, making it hard to manage, to cope, to thrive. Do not worry. Hearing those words when life is hard, unmanageable, and devastating even can feel like a slap in the face. Did Jesus know what he was saying? What do you mean, don't worry? How can you not worry when your child is sick or when you've lost your job or when you've been betrayed? How can you not worry when you don't know how you're going to put food on the table or when there's a war happening on the other side of the world? Do not worry. Anxiety is rooted in fear. Fear of the unexpected, fear of the unknown, fear of an out-of-control feeling. Do not worry. 
The disciples very literally left all that they knew behind in order to follow Jesus. They left their families, their livelihood, their communities, their homes. They left the places where they would have felt safe and perhaps like they had some control in this life. They left the place where their hearts resided. They left it all behind to follow Jesus. Though his disciples may have been comfortable with their decision to follow Jesus, I suspect there was still some worry about the future. After all, Jesus hadn't exactly laid out a master strategic plan on how they were going to eat or where they were going to sleep or how they were going to stay safe, all the while learning more about God. He simply said, follow me. Making the decision to follow Jesus doesn't automatically cancel out the human tendency to worry or to be anxious. After all, some anxiety and some fear is necessary in order for our species to continue. That being said, though, so much of what we worry about, so much of what we're anxious about, isn't worth the time and energy that we expend. In the words of Jesus, can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour of life to your span of life? How did these words impact the disciples? Did they draw upon them later, perhaps when Jesus was arrested or when he was beaten, maybe when he was crucified? Did they draw upon them when he died or maybe when he was resurrected? Perhaps these words stayed with them when Jesus came back to them for another 40 days or maybe when he ascended to be with God. Did they draw upon these words when they were spreading the good news of Christ throughout the land? Or perhaps when the early church began to disagree and have conflict did they draw upon these words when they were being persecuted for their faith? Do not worry. Did these words from Jesus help the disciples keep the bigger picture in mind? Did these words help to keep them grounded, centered, and pointed toward the one who is ultimately in control? When we worry... Our vision is clouded. We see danger where there may not be any danger. We misinterpret words and actions. We lose the ability to stay open, stay awake, stay curious. When we worry, we turn inward. We think in terms of scarcity rather than abundance, and we fail to see what is happening around us. Self-preservation becomes primary rather than neighbor or God. I've always been a dog person. Always. Never a cat person. In fact, when my kids were younger and they would ask me for a cat, I told them we're never going to own a cat. They were going to have to wait until they were adults and then they could get a cat of their own. We got a cat <laughs> a week before Christmas. 
Throughout the pandemic, something in me began to shift. Seeing the countless cats walk across the computer screen on the countless Zoom meetings I have spent over the past two years has softened me, and I am still mad about it. According to the ASPCA, more than 23 million American households, that's one in five, have adopted a new pet during the pandemic. So I guess I'm in good company? But the clincher for me was seeing a video of a cat and a dog as best friends. Now the owner in the video explained that they had a dog that was anxious and so they got this cat to keep the dog company. The video showed the cat and the dog frolicking together, playing with one another and loving each other. The thing that sealed it for me was seeing the cat riding on top of the dog's back in the backyard. And I thought to myself, Benzie's an anxious dog. Would a cat help him? I began to have these images in my mind of Benzie and a cat curled up together in peaceful harmony, sleeping in a sunbeam in the living room, playing together, frolicking with one another, living in such a peaceful, non-anxious harmony with one another. You know where this is going, don't you? <laughs> Suffice it to say, we quickly learned that a seven-pound cat can easily beat up a 65-pound dog. I was so worried about this antagonistic relationship between the cat and the dog that I immediately began to research animal behaviorists in Gehanna. I started searching for all sorts of interventions that could fix my cat and my dog. And deeply concerned, I finally asked our vet about it. Her response, give it some time. Don't worry too much. She went on to say, animals generally have a way of working these things out on their own. In other words, as my brain translated it, back off, Jennifer. The animals are going to be fine. You don't need to worry. And you know what? When I stopped focusing so much on the two of them and trying to manage how they were relating to one another, things began to settle down. The animals do have a way of working things out. And as my worry began to lift, the cat and the dog seemed less stressed. And I discovered that I had more time and more energy for things that were really important. The Sermon on the Mount is beautifully designed and woven with practical application to spiritual teachings. The section on worry from today follows the section on piety that we explored last week. In other words, Jesus points to what matters. Jesus always points to what matters. 
and what matters isn't the act of worrying. What matters are the things that point to God. Things like praying, things like encouraging one another, things like giving to charity and caring for the community. Seems like we ought to pay attention. Our current confirmation class is on retreat this weekend in the Hocking Hills. It's the final time they will spend together before they are confirmed next Sunday on April 3rd. I was able to spend a little part of the weekend with them. We have 10 students who have spent the past three months together. Each week they've been learning what it means to be a disciple and learning what it means to be a member of the church. We have 10 students who will be saying yes to Jesus and committing themselves to the mission and ministries of Stony Brook Church. We have 10 students who will be looking to you for guidance and support and encouragement and opportunities and love. Do not worry. We have 10 students who despite a pandemic, despite masks, despite the ways that adults have been arguing and complaining over all things pandemic related, despite their school challenges, despite their own anxieties and fears, have shown up each week to learn, to share, and to be in community with one another. This weekend, I got to listen to them as they shared the unique ways that God has gifted each of them and the unique ways that each of them is living this out in the world. I got to listen to them as they shared the life verses they have chosen for themselves and what those verses mean to each of them. I got to share in the sacraments of baptism and communion with them. Do not worry. God has placed in our midst students who are ready. We have an abundance of young minds and young hearts ready for molding and shaping by their church. We get to model what it means to say yes to Jesus. We get to show what it means to follow him with confidence, with trust, with boldness. Do not worry. There is much work to be done in this world. We can worry and we can fear, or we can stay focused. We can stay the course and we can stay centered. We can look for those things which really matter, those things which point to God, and we can focus our energy there on things like feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, caring for the sick, visiting the imprisoned, and guiding the lost. Things like listening to those who have been silenced, telling our own stories, and loving those who the world deems unlovable. When we are engaged in the ministry of Jesus, we not only make the world a better place, but it changes us. 
Our trust in God rises. Our capacity for seeing God in others increases. Our love for all of creation widens. God all around us shimmers and shines in ways we never noticed before. The worry begins to slip away. Gratitude fills our hearts, and the love of Christ bursts through us. Do not worry. Jesus is here, standing with us, guiding us, showing us, loving us, pointing us to God. Are your eyes open? Can you see God? For my friends, there is nothing to worry about. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jennifer, for helping us to see that there is God's grace that will keep us from worrying. As United Methodist, we um, have we prepare so we don't have to worry in case there is a catastrophe, an earthquake. Uh, a, a, a natural disaster. Today is UMCOR Sunday. I don't have a slide. No, I guess the slides are off today. Uh, today is, is the United Methodist Committee on Relief Sunday, and that's the agency in the life of the church that ensures that when we give dollars to help around the world, 100% of those dollars go to, make, to meet that need. But today's offering helps to make sure that that system is in place. And so if you'd like to make a contribution uh, to United Methodist Committee on Relief, just put that in the memo line of your check. You can use an envelope in the back of the pew. If you're worshiping with us online, don't forget that you can give your tithes and offerings or, um, um, by mail, or you can go to sunnybrook.church forward slash give. We invite our ushers to come now as they wait upon you receiving morning tithes and offerings.
We want to say thank you to those of you who helped our youth group with their project. This is a health kit. Uh, the United Methodist Committee on Relief has warehouses across the country. When there's a need, we're able to respond. Uh, this past winter, the floods in Louisiana, all the health kits in the northwest part of the state or the country were sent to Louisiana. And so thank you for helping our youth get 76 of these kits together. They'll be going to the MCOR warehouse. And so when there's a need, they'll go out immediately. We're going to pray a prayer of blessing on these as well. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for the opportunities we have of sharing our resources that you so generously give to us. And we are grateful, Lord, that we have the chance to help in a tangible way. We pray that you will lay your blessings on these health kits, that when folks receive them, they'll have what they need for their own personal hygiene needs, but they'll also know that someone loves and cares for them. We ask your grace and blessing on each heart, each home, each family represented this day. Through Christ, amen. amen. Trust and obey.
500 times in scripture, in some way, shape, or form, we are getting the message to trust God. God's got this. It's our job to trust and to not live in anxiety, in fear. That is good news, my friends, and that is good news for an anxious world. As you leave this place, go forth sharing that good news with all of those who you encounter this week. Go in peace. Amen. Amen.